0: A lot of good seats up here. <clears throat>
1: All right, well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, Lent midweek number three, as we continue to push along and march forward to Holy Week coming up in just a few weeks, actually. Why don't we do something we don't usually do on a midweek, but why don't we stand and greet each other this evening in the name of the Lord. Uh, Shake hands and say hi, and uh, then we'll worship. Alright, so as you are taking your seats, is my microphone on? It doesn't sound on. Bob, is my microphone on? Oh, there there we go. Okay. Alright, so as you're taking your seats, we will go ahead and uh, we're continuing through our series on Exodus. And um, we'll continue to do so up until we get to Holy Week. Um, I did, uh, in case you, you haven't seen it yet, I haven't... Got it in the bulletin yet? But uh, so f- the schedule for Easter morning has been uh, set. So at six thirty on Easter morning is the sunrise service, and then after that is the LYF breakfast beginning right around seven thirty or whenever the the sunrise service ends, and then after that at nine fifteen. We are going to be having an Easter egg hunt for the little ones, Uh, so if you have some little ones or know some, uh, please ask them to come along. The egg hunt will take place uh, on the church side of the street here, so um, where am I? Where's my house? Okay, there. It's Wednesday, I don't even know how to do it. Uh, so in the field that is next to the parsonage, there'll be uh, part of the egg hunt over there. And also directly behind us in between the church building and the cemetery, we'll have an um, egg hunt there as well. So uh, please be looking for that. And then, of course, Easter morning uh, worship service at 10 a.m. And so that's, that's kind of the Easter schedule. And we'll be getting that out in the bulletin and the, uh, the parish caller as well. Uh, And so with that, let's open our worship tonight with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another midweek, uh, a Wednesday night where we have a chance to gather in your name and to continue to learn from your word how much you love us and how you love us so, uh, so much so that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place, taking our sin upon himself. Uh, so that we might rise with him uh, as new people, as a new creation, as new children of the Heavenly Father. And now, Lord, as we worship you here, we pray uh, that you would be with us, go before us, uh, and that you would give us a zeal for this place here. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand.
0: And so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God did miracles for our ancestors on the plain of Zon in the land of Egypt. Making the water stand up like walls. He split open the rocks in the wilderness to give them water, as from a gushing spring making the waters flow like a river. Hear me, merciful and mighty Father, as I confess my bondage to sin and death. I know that, that is, in my sinful nature. I but I cannot carry it out. What I do is not no, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. I when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war and making me a prisoner of the law of sin and death. Hear the good news. The same God who delivered Israel from Egyptian bondage also delivers you from your body of sin and death. Jesus Christ, the Passover Lamb, who has been sacrificed and his blood forgives you and sets you free. He made streams pour from the rock. testament lesson is taken from Exodus chapter 17 verses 1 through 7 All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim but there was no water for the people to drink Therefore the people quarrelled with Moses and said Give us water to drink and Moses said to them Why do you quarrel with me Why do you test the Lord But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with his people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and taking your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, because they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of our Lord. The epistle is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning at the first verse. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the spiritual, same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. But they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. This is the word of our Lord.
1: Thanks Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel for this evening is taken from St. John chapter four. Jesus left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Uh, We will now sing the hymn that is listed after the homily, but we're going to sing it beforehand. O Lord, throughout these 40 days, number 418. Well, pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this evening from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When we don't get enough water, we confuse our thirst for hunger. Then what happens? We eat when we don't need to eat. What's that mean? We gain weight. When we don't get enough water, we also become tired, dizzy, and anxious. Our joints and muscles start to ache. What does that mean? A bad life. What's the point? We all need water. Lots and lots of water. We're in a series on the book of Exodus, and this week we look at Exodus 17 using these questions... Who, what, where, why, how, and when. What's the point of this sermon? We all need water. Lots and lots of water. So first, who? Well, the Israelites. They had lived in Egypt near the Nile River for 430 years. Each generation probably said something like this eating leeks and onions by the Nile. Oh, what breath, but dining out in style. Even when the Israelites left Egypt, they had no problems with water. Needed, needed to form into walls? No problem. Needed to, needed to come crashing down on Pharaoh's horses and chariots? Easy as pie. Who? The Israelites and Moses. If anyone deserves the title the wonderful wizard of water works, it's Moses. Actually, the name Moses literally means to draw out of water. As a child, he was placed into water for safety and drawn out of water for salvation. As a young man, Zipporah, who would soon be his wife, describes Moses in Exodus 21, I'm sorry, in Exodus 2, verse 17, with the words loosely translated When it comes to drawing water from a well Moses is a lean mean green aqua machine In Exodus 15:25 when confronted with bitter water Moses throws a piece of wood into the putrid pool and presto instant purified water That's the who Israel and marvelous Moses And now for the what Exodus chapter 17, verse 1 says there was no water for the people to drink. The Israelites left Egypt in chapter 14, and now they had been in the desert for a month. They've seen nothing but rocks, sand, and dirt, and more rocks, sand, and dirt. We all know what it feels like to have no water, do we ever. You see, there's emotional thirst. It hurts so bad, sometimes it feels like I'm eating glass. There's also spiritual thirst. God, if you are so good, then why do I hurt so bad? God, why do you seem so far away? God, do you even exist? And then there's relational thirst. When it comes to love, I've struck out a billion times. Exodus chapter 17, verse 4 says, Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. What do we do when we are overcome with thirst? Well, usually, just like the Israelites, we want to stone people. We resort to rocks. Many of you might recall the scene in the movie Forrest Gump when Jenny begins throwing rocks at her childhood home. And when Jenny runs out of rocks and falls down on the ground, what does Forrest say? Sometimes there just aren't enough rocks. Forrest Gump is wrong, though. Forrest Gump is dead wrong. We thirst so much for love that when we don't get it, we begin throwing rocks. Verbal missiles, nuclear words, silent stares, angry texts. There are always enough rocks. And this breaks God's heart. And now the where. The where is that they camped at a place called Rephidim. And where is this? Well, no one knows. Scholars don't know. Archaeologists don't know. No one knows where Rephidim is. All people can say is that it is close to Mount Sinai. But you and I know the exact... Location of Rephidim. Rephidim is that place in our lives where we are burned out with fear too deep to manage. Loneliness too heavy to bear and doubts too many to number. Rephidim is that place where relationships are dehydrated, dry, and almost dead. Rephidim is where mothers are ready to throw in the towel. Children don't have any friends and husbands are working 75 hours a week. Others have spotted Rephidim on the job, where it's always the same old, same old, boring. And two, Rephidim is in every church. It's the place where, try as we might, everything stays dry as dust. At Rephidim, we cry with Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. At Rephidim, we echo the anguish of Psalm 63. O God, You are my God, earnestly I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My body longs for You. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. And now the why. Why do we we become so thirsty? for words. It might... Have been. That's what the Israelites are saying in Exodus chapter 17, verse 3. You brought us up out of Egypt, or put another way, if we had stayed in Egypt, it might have been so much better. It might have been. These words were made famous in 1856 when John Greenleaf Whittier wrote a poem he called, he, he called Maud Mueller. It's a poem about, about a young woman named Maud who one day meets a young man. And after they meet, each of them ponders what it would be like to marry the other. But the moment passes and both Maud and the man end up in sad marriages and both anguish over what was lost on that day so long ago. And at the end of the poem... Whittier writes, of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. And so the who, the what, the where, the why, and now the how. How can we get water? How can we get water? Well, I guess we could get a staff. Wait, that's it, we can get a staff. But it can't be any ordinary, run-of-the-mill, Walmart kind of staff. No offense to people who work there. It has to be the staff. You remember the one that Moses used. The staff that goes back and forth from a stick to a snake. The, The staff that struck the Nile River and turned its water into blood. The staff that stretched out over the Red Sea to divide its waters so Israel could walk through on dry land. Take in your hand the staff and strike the work, the rock, God said, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. And Moses did that, and water flowed, and they lived. Paul reflects on this and connects the rock to Christ. How so? In Matthew chapter 27 it says they put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him, "Hail, king of the Jews!" They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. For Jesus, any ordinary run-of-the-mill staff will do. Any stick that remotely looks like a king's scepter is just fine. Any piece of wood that won't break if it's slapped repeatedly on someone's head. And make sure that the piece of wood is carved to make a sharp pointed end, because finally the rock has to be split and opened up. John chapter 19, verse 34 says this. One of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Water flowing from the one whose lips are cracked and swollen, water flowing from the one whose whose body burned under the hot Palestinian sun, gushing water from the parched mouth of the one who cries out, I thirst, strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. And they did, and it flowed, and we live. Isaiah describes God's soul-quenching love with these words. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. Ezekiel sees it as a river teeming with life. Wherever the river flows, everything will live, it says. Joel writes, a fountain will flow out of the Lord's house. Who? Israel and Moses. What? There is no water. Where? Rephidim, Why it might have been How? Jesus, the rock of ages. And what is it that we are missing? We're missing the when. When does this water flow? When does it come to me? When does it quench my longing? Well my longing aching heart? It's because Jesus loves you. It's because He loves you so very, very, very much that His living, life-giving, soul-renewing water flows from the cross for you. And when does it flow? Right now, every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. We recite together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, In your pew is a red sign-in book. For members and guests, please fill that out so that we know that you were here to worship with us. We gather our tithes and offerings.
0: Please stand for prayer. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and the day of judgment. We poor sinners implore you to prosper the teaching of your word, to bless our prayer and meditation, to strengthen and preserve us in true faith, and to give heart to our sorrow and strength to our repentance. to To draw all to yourself, To bless those who are instructed in the faith, to watch over and console the poor, the sick, the distressed, the lonely, the forsaken, the abandoned, and all who stand in need of our prayers, to give abundant blessing to all works of mercy, and to have mercy on us. To turn our hearts to you, to turn the hearts of our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and graciously to hear our prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. world. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who made streams pour from the rock. Amen.